Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the new season of the podcast. I'm really running out of ways to introduce this now. So if any of you want to slide into my DMs with any suggestions, I'm here for it. Okay, so it's another solo podcast for me today. And I'm excited about this because I'm going to do a frequently asked questions episode. I did actually do this last season, but it was really specifically on optimal physique questions. So go and have a listen to that if you're interested. But if the last few years of coaching has taught me anything, it's that I get women of all shapes, sizes, ages and goals coming to me for coaching. So it seems a bit silly to always overly focus on physique, which I know I have a bad habit of doing, but it is my personal favorite. But I want to do a frequently asked questions episode, which is going to apply to a lot more people than those that predominantly have physique goals. So with that in mind, let's get going. As usual, because I'm completely insane, I'm going to try and do this in a kind of linear fashion, which leads me straight into my first, most frequently asked question. When is the right time to start getting in shape? When should I start? I hear this every time I take on new clients and they can mean aesthetically when's the right time to start getting in shape or they can mean just in terms of strength and fitness and they can also be referring to their kind of upcoming life schedule I have so much coming up in the next few months or even their age like should I even bother I'm no spring chicken anymore so let's break down everything I've just said when is the right time to start getting in shape from both an aesthetic and strength and fitness point of view? Now, obviously, there's no time like the present. The time is passing by. The time is now. So it doesn't matter if you have four weddings and a funeral coming up. If you know that you do, and you're still asking me this question because you still want to get in shape, regardless of that, then you really should be starting now. Because life isn't going to stop for six months so that you can get in the best shape of your life. And if it did, which it's not going to, but let's say if it did, what would then happen when your life resumed thereafter and your quote unquote normality went back to quote unquote normal? You would gain everything back because really you didn't do anything impressive and you achieved a flash in the pan result that you're absolutely not going to be able to maintain. Weddings, birthdays, Christmases, breakups, holidays, 
they're part of life. They're never going anywhere. They're going to continue to happen. And you have to learn to navigate through them while pursuing your own health and fitness goals. If you take the time to do that, and it does take time and effort and patience to unlearn this kind of all or nothing approach and relearn a real life approach that's going to work and allow you to live, not only will you get the results, you will also keep the results. This is completely possible, and I know because I coach thousands of women to do this, and I'm going to come back to this later, but I just want to focus right now on when's the right time to start question. So even more important when it comes to aging, if that's the reason you're asking the question, no time is going to be more beneficial for you to start getting fitter and stronger than it is as you age. And you are aging every day that passes you by. So start now. This applies to women going through the menopause, of course, but it also just applies to any and all aging men and women. The time is now. And as Earl Nightingale once said, never give up on a dream just because of the time that it will take to accomplish it. The time will pass anyway. And I like that quote in this regard because life isn't going anywhere. I did a therapy course a few years ago, actually, quite a famous course. And one thing that the therapist said that's always really stuck with me is life isn't good or bad. Life is just life. And I really like that. And I like it in this context because it's happening. It's not just going to magically start working for you and make it easier for you to get in the best shape of your life. Like I say, whether it's, you know, internally or externally, like it's happening and you have to figure out how to navigate it. And you have to start now. If this is something you want, start now. Okay, let's move on to the second most frequently asked question I get. I do loads of exercise and I eat healthy, but I can never lose weight. And I hear this all the time and it's usually, but not always, followed by something to do with somebody's hormones, which again, I am going to come back to towards the end of this podcast. But for now, let's just focus on, I do loads of exercise and I eat really healthy, but I just can't lose weight. Okay, so first and foremost, just because you're eating quote unquote healthy, it doesn't mean that you're eating appropriately for fat loss. So for example, a lot of people will decide, okay, I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to, let's keep it current. I'm going to get into that little black dress at my Christmas party and I'm going to get off with the photocopier guy. <laughs> I think I took that storyline from friends, but I'm here for it. Anyway, so you decide, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to swap out my two digestive biscuits a day at somewhere in the region of 142 calories. And instead, I'm going to be really healthy and I'm going to have two handfuls of nuts a day. Congratulations, you've now upped your calorie intake and your snack went from 142-ish calories to about 400 calories. So now you've taken a low-calorie snack that you love and you've swapped it for a higher-calorie snack, which is going to actually steer you away from fat loss. So this is the problem with the kind of healthy eating movement when it comes to fat loss specifically, because obviously I'm all for nutri good nutrition and good food choices. But there does seem to be this weird kind of Venn diagram of people that think that healthy eating and fat loss are the same thing and they're, they're not. Look, while we are on lower calorie snacks that are quote unquote healthier, and by healthier, I always just mean more nutritious than biscuits, like a piece of fruit is about 100 calories. 
a protein bar is about 200 calories and a 0% Greek yogurt is somewhere between those two. I can't remember exactly, 120 something maybe. But, you know, the same can apply to people, you know, thinking, okay, I'm, I'm going to swap my, my grilled chicken breast, you know, that I normally have with lunch or dinner or whatever, about 150 calories for some salmon, which is double that, like 300 calories. And again, I really, I really don't want anyone to misunderstand what I'm saying. Nuts and salmon are two incredibly nutritious foods that should absolutely feature in, in your weekly diet, presuming that you enjoy them. But at nine calories per gram, do remember that fats are more than double what carbs and proteins are, four calories per gram, which means that fats will very easily pull you out of a 10% deficit that will see you losing body fat and potentially even pull you up into a 10% surplus that will see you gaining body fat. So do be conscious about your caloric food choices as well as your nutritious food choices. Because when you can find that middle line, you'll start to both see and feel amazing results, both internally and externally. And then also on this question, when it comes to doing quote unquote loads of exercise, and I'll be honest here, as a coach, more often than not, this means five or six body pump or spin and or hit classes every week or running, often with a view to do a marathon. And much like the nutrition v calories kind of conversation I was just touching on, I am actually a really big believer that all exercise is good exercise. So I want to put that out there. I know in like my community, especially in the physique world, it seems to be really heavily laden with like cardio is cardio. Like how, what cardio do you do? I lift weights faster. And it's like, oh, okay, look, there is a time and a place for cardio. There's a time and a place for weightlifting. I am not looking down my nose on any form of exercise. And I really, really do mean that. But if you have a fat loss goal and you're hammering the cardio every day or all week, especially if you couple that with my first point about quote unquote healthy eating, and by that, you know, point, I mean, potentially higher calorie eating, you might not even realize that your hunger is spiking and that you're eating more. And instead of losing weight, you actually start gaining weight. And this has happened to hundreds of my clients over years. And more often than not, when they start training for a marathon, they'll come to me and they'll say, you know, I'm a few months into marathon training and I'm the only person who's put on weight to ever train for a marathon. And I just think, no, you're not. <laughs> most people do it's really normal because your your hunger needs exceed your energy needs and it's very easy to find yourself thinking well I ran x amount of masking I'm starving so now I'm going to go home and have like a big bowl of pasta and I should because I'm an endurance athlete and da, da, da. but before you know it you are actually eating more than you're burning but it's very hard to get your head around that when you're slogging your butt off doing a 10 mile run every Wednesday you know so do bear in mind that most people, not not everyone, and that's fair to say it's not everyone, but in my experience, most people will find that their hunger will spike when they start doing excessive cardio. And that's why it's probably going to be much more effective to do a moderate amount of cardio, because as I said, I am pro-cardio, and some resistance training coupled with a caloric intake by a food that will actually see your body changing and losing fat. When it comes to diet and exercise, I really do advise that if you if you aren't sure what you're doing and you haven't had much success with it before, that you hire a coach, even if it's just temporarily for a couple of months, to put you on the right path. And even if you can't afford to stay on with them and have them steer you down that path, at least you know where to start and why. And then you can course correct from there. 
Okay, so similarly, but different to my last frequently asked question is, I do loads of exercise and I eat healthy, but I never look toned. So a lot of you listening will know exactly where I'm going with this. But particularly when it comes to the older female generations, and that is not me being judgmental, I'm honestly just speaking from experience here, there is still this strange misconception that eating healthy or more often than not eating nothing and doing loads of cardio is going to get you that toned kind of Jane Fonda body of your dreams. But before I get into this, can I please just say Jane Fonda's body I don't know if you've, uh, if any of the younger generations listening have looked at her body from back in the day, but that is largely the result of banging genetics. And secondly, I'd like to remind everybody, as somebody who's changed a lot of women's bodies and her own many times before, you are never going to look quote unquote toned by doing loads of cardio and starving yourself. It's a myth. Toning Essentially, what people mean is to have a low enough body fat that they can see lean muscle mass, okay? This is also what looking defined or having definition means. So how do we achieve that look? By resistance training, aka weightlifting, that's how you build muscle mass. By nailing a daily protein intake, that's also going to help you build but predominantly maintain your muscle mass. And by structuring an appropriate calorie intake depending on your start point. So by this, I mean, are you on the leaner side? In which case, in order to do this, we should probably start you in a slight surplus. And we don't need to stay there, but I do think it is, well, I don't think, I know it's imperative that you at least start there to build some muscle. Or if you have a lot of body fat to lose, in which case we can actually probably start you in a slight deficit and you'll find that you'll build muscle and lose body fat at the same time. So I really encourage everybody to think about the goal they have and ask themselves if their training specificity and dietary intake is matching that goal. Okay, so let's full circle back to something I touched on in the beginning, but I didn't elaborate on, which is I can never maintain my results. Will I have to diet my whole life to stay in shape? So as I said at the start of this podcast, and I'm just going to repeat it because it's relevant kind of intro into this answer life is not going to stop for six months so that you can get in the best shape of your life and if it did once your life resumes itself again you will gain everything back because you didn't learn anything and really you didn't actually achieve anything weddings birthdays christmases breakups holidays are gonna happen they're never going anywhere and you have to learn to navigate them while pursuing your health and fitness goals for the rest of your life you do just have to accept that like it is that simple If you do take the time to do that and you teach yourself how to do that, not only will you get great results, you'll keep great results. And this is very possible and let's look at how. So there are actually quite a few options here, but okay, let's first look at tracking and those who track because some people are really happy to track. I'm one of them, doesn't mess with their relationship with food, kind of keeps them on the straight and narrow in a way, keeps them accountable. So I'm going to talk to trackers first, but there's more coming after. So remember that calories are usually instructed as a daily average taken from a weekly total. So let's say, hypothetically, I am your coach and I've put you on 1900 calories a day, seven days a week as your post-fat loss maintenance calories. Now, if you know that you find a dietary intake very easy Monday to Friday, that you know that you struggle on the weekends, why don't we come down to 1700 calories Monday to Friday and have an added 1,000 calories because then you've banked 200 calories a day for five days. 
you have an added thousand calories to spend on Saturday and Sunday. You could have that on one day or broken up as 500 each day, taking you, if you did the latter, to 2,400 calories on both days, which is more than enough for you to have a night out on a Saturday and a full English on a Sunday or a roast on a Sunday. So that's for those of you that track. And I don't want people to listen to that and be like, I don't want to track forever. Well, you don't have to. And the next points will apply to you. But there are some people who are like, I'm fine to do that. That's not a problem. So for those people who are like, I really don't want to track forever. I hear you. And that applies to many of my clients. So for you guys, another option, and, and this requires self-control, but why not come away from dieting entirely for the weekend, but, <laughs> big but, choose your indulgences so you say i'm gonna order lower calorie options from the menu but i'm actually also going to order a couple of cocktails that i really like the look of or a really nice bottle of wine or that incredible profiterole mountain i don't mean to reject that onto you i know not everyone likes profiteroles but you're crazy or flip it and say you know what i'm not going to drink but i want to order the pizza so i'm going to skip the booze and i'm going to get the pizza and you know, people might be like, well, that's just a pizza. I don't know if I should say it on the podcast, but me and my clients have a saying, pizza will fuck you. <laughs> like, you'd be surprised how many calories they pack. So choosing your indulgences a couple of days a week will do no damage whatsoever to your results, either getting them or maintaining them, to be honest. And it will allow you to maintain both the body and the lifestyle that you love. But and I just want to caveat that you have to understand and accept big picture, long term as an adult, like, you know, I don't know if you're self-employed, your taxes don't pay themselves, you have to pay them. You know, your teeth don't brush themselves, you have to brush them. Your body doesn't take care of itself or you go do whatever the fuck you want. You have to take care of it. And I do think there's a level of acceptance you, that people really need to work on and practice and I promise you that after a few months of doing that, and I know because I speak from experience, it gets so much easier and you don't even think about this quote unquote balance that you potentially currently are finding very hard. Okay, so let's make number five the last frequently asked question for this episode. And I'll do another five questions in a few episodes time because obviously there's so many. <laughs> the frequently asked questions list is honestly never ending. The fifth one is... I can't lose weight because of my hormones. And I hear this all the time because women think it all the time. And this can be thyroid issues, specifically hypothyroidism. It can be taking the contraceptive pill and thinking, obviously, it's inevitable that you gain weight. It can be being on the marina coil. It can be going through the menopause. Let's talk about hormonal issues. So in some cases, and a couple of examples would be hypothyroidism, the menopause, PMDD, it might really benefit you to take some kind of HRT, whether that's lithothyroxine or an estrogen gel or even ironically the contraceptive pill. These are options for you outside of kind of the quote unquote norm that can really help ease your symptoms that come with the hormonal dysregulation and in some cases as well, the body fat redistribution. Beyond that, if you have hormonal issues, the same rules apply to you as they do to everybody else. Just because you have hormonal issues, it doesn't mean that your body would survive if you were to starve it. Now, please don't interpret that as me telling you to starve yourself or saying that you don't have it harder behaviorally. I'm not saying either. Actually, 
what I'm trying to do is give you a very reassuring but very real reality check that if you stopped eating for six months, you'd lose a hell of a lot of body fat and lean mass. You really are no different to everybody else. So what are you meant to do with that now I've said it? Okay, so as a coach, this means that while a five foot six, 75 kg, 40 year old woman who doesn't have hormonal issues can successfully diet on say 1800 calories, that you might have better success on 1600 calories. Now that's only 200 calories, okay? That's that's a protein bar a day or a large glass of wine a night or a slice of buttered toast every morning. It's really not a huge difference and it's really not the end of the world. And what I kind of just touched on and I'm going to elaborate on now is that it's not harder for you because of the numbers, despite what I think most of my kind of hormonal hurdle clients think. It's really not. It's harder for you because of your behaviors. If you think about hormonal dysregulation and how you feel, you know, when you're premenstrual or those of you going through the menopause who have gone through it will know this, it really wreaks havoc with your sleep, with your core body temperature, with your mood, and therefore with your ability to execute, especially long-term diet and exercise. So I'm not trying to, to make or sell a pitch here, but getting a coach and having some support, especially in this context of group coaching, where you have a huge pool of women who are going through the same thing as you, who can support you, who can prop you up, who can swap stories with you and make you accountable and make deals with you and make bets with you. It's going to see you far more likely to enjoy the process, far more likely to execute the process and far more likely to succeed in the process. And I really cannot recommend if you're going through something like the menopause that you do really look into group coaching. Obviously, I'm going to recommend my group coaching platform, the EC Method, because this is what we do and we're very good at our jobs and we have incredible clients who are so inspiring and so compassionate. We would love to have you and I promise you we can help you. So if you do want to give that a try and I really encourage you to, you can sign up for coaching at the ecmethod.co.uk now. We're about to start our Christmas round and if any of what I just said resonated with you, please do consider joining. Okay, so that is it for me today. As you know, the podcast is now bi-weekly. So join me the week after next when we're actually going to have a bit of a first for the podcast. And I'm shocked that it's taken me this long to get someone like this on. We're going to have a very interesting guest on talking about a topic that all of you, all of us are going to find both relatable, fascinating and helpful. If you like this episode of the podcast or any episode, please like, please subscribe, please leave a review. Honestly, the reviews are incredible already and it's really helpful to keep adding to them. I really appreciate all the feedback. If you have any negative feedback, can you leave it privately on a DM and not publicly? Thank you very much. Just shot myself in the foot with that, haven't I? I also just want to say, because we're at the end of the podcast now, I want to say a massive thank you to everybody who's reached out to me in the last few weeks and sent so much love and complimentary messages of support i really appreciate you guys i truly believe i have the best following and i'm really really grateful for all of you and that's it have a lovely rest of your week guys sports social podcast network